This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 14th, 2021. No love lost. Love requires commitment. Oh yeah, that's quite a legacy, isn't it? Yeah. Lifetime of commitment. We want to thank Ed and Carol Herman for sharing with us. 55 years. She told me, Double nickel. Barry, when did they meet? Like fifth grade. Hello. Wow. Impressive. Yeah. So good morning, Connection Church. Woo. Here, there, everywhere. So good to be with you this morning. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Hey, guys, those of you who showed up at 4744, Thank you so much. We, I thought maybe we would kind of be alone with the praise and tech team. We have a pretty good wow. turnout here. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, huge shout out to Josh Fouracre, the salt man for the yeah, parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Hour ago, hour, two hours ago, it was a sheet of ice yeah, out there. It yeah, it was. It was. And those of you online, yeah. we are so glad you're joining us from here, there, and everywhere. We've got people from all over the country, and it is just a blessing to be one church and many locations. Oh, two other shout-outs. Tim and Frank. Tim Wilkins, Frank, Reed, oh, Salt in the Sidewalk. Tim and Frank, thank you. thank you. Golly days. We have the most awesome church. Most awesome. Thank you. All right, let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today, for gathering us together virtually and in person, for your grace that covers us. You are so lavish with your love. And so as we talk about uh, this new series, No Love Lost, and how love requires commitment, help us lean in and experience the love that you have for each one of us, the committed love that never changes. And so we thank you for this time. And we give it to you in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody Amen. agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Hey, 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 it's Valentine's Day, huh? Valentine's yep. Day. Woo. And so we're starting a new series that runs from now to Easter, and it's entitled so, No Love Lost. Thank you for the yellow roses. I put them out there so everybody could there enjoy them, and I could give Alan a shout out. Well, I usually would give red, but I did that a couple days ago, so I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, okay. speaking of Valentine's Day... Many of you may know this, but some of you may not, that St. Valentine was an actual person, St. Valentine. According to the History Channel blog, there was a third century priest, that third century, that would be the 200s, I guess, A.D., by the name of Valentine. He lived during the reign of the Roman Emperor Claudius. If you know anything about Claudius, Claudius was a tough character. He didn't like Christians very much. And Claudius was having a difficult time getting soldiers to join his army, and he believed that they were unwilling to join because of their attachment. Go look at that to their wives and families. Resulted in Claudius banning all marriages and engagements in Rome. The priest Valentine defied Claudius's order and continued to perform Christian marriages in secret. Legend has it that in order to remind these men of their vows, the guys that he married, and God's love, Valentine would cut hearts from parchment and give them 
to these persecuted Christians, possible origin of the sending of hearts that continues today. Claudius had Valentine beaten with clubs and beheaded. Do you know what date he was beheaded on? February 14th. I think it was the year 270 A.D. Another legend tells us that while Valentine was imprisoned for refusing to sacrifice to the pagan gods, his prayers for the blind daughter of the jailer resulted in her regaining her sight. On the day of his execution, he left a note signed, You're Valentine. How do you like that? Years later, this man was recognized as a saint by the church. Yeah, great man. Great story, huh? Yeah. And so speaking of love, today our focus is love requires commitment. Say that with me. Love requires commitment. And Dave Willis, uh, he wrote a devotional and he wrote The Seven Laws of Love. It's found on the YouVersion app. And he said love requires commitment. And it's interesting and challenging in light of a Psychology Today online article posted uh, May 8th, 2020. And it was called, Is There Love Without Commitment? Is There Love Without Commitment? In that article, we're told that commitment is not in vogue. It's not cool. (laughs) Instead, relationships without commitment appears to be on the rise. And we're just not talking marital relationship. We're talking about relationship with one another. So check this out. Non-committal people say to each other, I love you, but what they really mean is, I want to be with you today. (laughs) A better opportunity may open up tomorrow, and if so, I'll take it. This is perhaps not surprising. Dating apps have made meeting new people fairly easy, depending on one's location, so why not take advantage? So this article goes on to question whether intimacy is truly possible without commitment, whether two people can really get to a state of we, that's what Ed and Carol talked about, without being truly committed to each other. So I guess our challenge here this morning and throughout this series is going to be how we define love right, how we define it. Uh, We often throw this word around kind of carelessly, and so it's kind of important to be aware of that and avoid it. Like I might say, and if you know me, this would sound familiar, I love spaghetti. Oh, you should have done a fill in the blank (laughs) and had them guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, oh, please, Candy says, oh, please. It could have been ice cream, but okay. I love spaghetti. So if you know me, you know that that's uh, what I say uh, or would think a lot, and um, but by saying that, it really cheapifies that idea of love. I'm, I, you know, I might say, I really like it a lot. Or, you know, Carrie might say, oh, I love that ring you bought me. I didn't buy her one today. But, uh, but again, it's probably more a case of liking it a whole lot, hopefully. It, it's important for us to use this word love with caution, not with abandon, not to throw it around carelessly. And so in the Psychology Today article, and for many people, to talk about love means to talk about romance, about intimacy about matters of the heart, especially today, Valentine's Day. And we're not opposed to that at all. We, we think romantic love is lovely and very important in marital relationships. It's important in our relationship. 
How many? Don't say it, because that makes us look old, because we are. Anyway. 49 Valentine's Days. Okay. But the glue that truly holds <laughs> us and relationships together is um, love that Ed and Carol talked about. It's not the you make my heart skip a beat kind of love, although that's really important. Pure and simple. It's agape love. It's unconditional love. It's a love that we talk about a lot here at Connection Community Church. It's a love that St. Valentine had so much of that he was willing to be martyred for it. He was willing to give his life for it. The agape love that God has for us, the agape love that God has for each one of you, that Jesus has for us. And it's the love that was displayed on the cross when Jesus allowed himself to be sacrificed for each one of us. That's the kind of love that requires commitment. It's the kind of love that says no turning back. And so today as we focus on love requires commitment, we're going to focus on a couple of stories from the Old Testament that point to this kind of love. The, the, the first is found in the book of First Kings. It involves the prophets Elijah with a J and Elisha, S-H. It gets kind of tricky when you put those two together. Now, Elijah is coming from a showdown with King Ahab and Queen, Isabel, excuse me, Queen Jezebel and other leaders of Israel who are far from God. Elijah shares with God, he's talking to God here, that he's been very zealous for the Lord Almighty, while the Israelites have rejected God's covenant, torn down his altars, and, and put God's prophets to death with the sword. Elijah shares that he's the only one left, and now they're trying to kill him too. And the Lord offers Elijah assurance by telling him to go back the way he came. He tells him to anoint uh, this other guy, a new guy, to be king of Israel. And then he tells him to anoint a guy named Elisha, E-L-I-S-H-A, Elisha, to succeed him as prophet. Check out what happens next. I'm reading from 1 Kings 19, verses 19 through 21, New International Version. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Sabbat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah said. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow, follow Elijah and became his servant. What a great story, huh? What a great story. Elijah finds Elisha, throws his cloak around him. Not a word said at that point. Yet apparently Elisha recognizes this as a, as a sign that he is to follow the prophet, to be his servant, to apprentice with him. And so he runs after Elijah and asks to kiss his parents goodbye. And Elijah tells him to go back, seemingly maybe have second thoughts as he wonders what he's done to him. 
But what he sees next lets us know um, where Elisha's heart is. Elisha has a farewell party to his past. By setting fire to his plowing equipment, then cooking his oxen. That's a lot of oxen, 12, 12 pair, wow, 12 yoke, over the fire. He's setting, he's setting fire to his livelihood, to his past. There's going to be no more farming for him. He jumps into this new life with absolutely no exit strategy. He got no security net. He burned it up. And everyone there could see that this guy wasn't going to be turning back, wasn't going to be coming home. Because there wasn't anything to come home to. He'd taken care of that. He'd literally burned the bridge. <laughs> he was absolutely all in. He was committed. Love requires commitment. That kind of commitment helped Elisha go on to become a significant spiritual leader in Israel. Last week, we uh, saw where a guy, he was ready to follow Jesus, but he asked first to be excused so he could go home and straighten some things out. Now, Jesus said, no, you can't plow a field by looking behind. You remember we talked about that. In other words, no looking back. So, what's the difference with the guy talking to Jesus and with Elisha asking to say goodbye to his parents? Well, the difference is this. The guy with Jesus was making an excuse. He was not ready to commit to what was ahead. He was not truly ready to leave the past behind, say, have a farewell party, for his past. And Jesus knew this. Jesus knows, knows our hearts. And in today's story, Elisha goes back not to say goodbye, but to literally burn down to destroy any possibility of going back. Do you see the difference? That's how much Elisha loved the Lord. And that kind of love requires commitment. No exit strategy. Another story from the Old Testament involves a woman named Ruth. Some of you may be familiar with this story. It's a pretty popular story. We're told that in the days when the judges ruled, there was a man in Bethlehem by the name of Elimelech, who because of a famine in Judah, went with his wife Naomi and two sons to live in a neighboring country, Moab, to, to survive. <laughs> when Elimelech died... Naomi was left with two sons, Melon and Chilion. They married local girls, Moabite girls, one named Orpah, O-R, not, not Oprah, Orpah, <laughs> O-R-P-A-H, and one named Ruth. Ten years later, both of Naomi's sons died, leaving Naomi with no husband and no sons, a very difficult situation in that culture in that day and time. Naomi started to return to Judah with her daughters-in-law as she heard that there was no more famine and that the Lord had provided food for the people. She set out for home with Orpah and Ruth. But then she had second thoughts. And Naomi uh, said this to the girls, her daughters-in-law. Ruth 1, verses 8 and 9. Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. 
May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead, their husbands, and me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. The girls then, they told, she, they told Naomi that they were sticking with her. They were going to return with her to her people. And she told them to turn back, go, you know, go to your homeland. Why would they want to go with her? She hadn't told them she's too old to have more sons. She's not going to provide them with husbands. And even if she could, at this late age, are they going to wait around till these boys are old enough <laughs> to, to marry these girls? It isn't going to happen. Go home, she said. Go home. So Orpah, she kisses her mother-in-law goodbye and heads, heads back to her native country. But Ruth hung tight as she clung to her mother-in-law. Naomi told her to follow Orpah and return to her people and their gods. Ruth responded with one of the most faithful and caring and love-filled responses you're going to find in Scripture. Check it out. Ruth 1, 16 to 18, New International Version. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Wow, wow. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. <laughs> this girl was not going to be... <laughs> Dissuaded. <laughs> so you got through it. <coughs> uh, just wait. <laughs> At home, he's like, where are I going? You will go. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> such loyalty. Such loyalty, such caring, such commitment, such unconditional love. Well, when they got back to Judah, there was a man named Boaz, and he was a relative of Naomi's deceased husband, and he allows Ruth to gather grain at the edges of the field for both Naomi and herself. Um, and so, long story short, Ruth ends up marrying Boaz, and he takes care of both her and her mother-in-law. Mm. Ruth was committed to Naomi. She loved her unconditionally to the point of going with her, leaving her past behind, no exit strategies. All in. Say all in. All, all in. in. That's true love. Wait a minute. I didn't hear the guys at home. <laughs> all in. Yeah. They could type it in. All in. That's true love. That's love born not out of emotion. You know, emotion comes and goes. Feelings come and go. But it's a love born out of commitment, out of a decision that says, I am going to love you no matter what. Mm. You know, there's more to the uh, Naomi and Ruth story, more to the Ruth story. As we said, she married Boaz. Well, they had a son named Obed, O-B-E-D. Now, Obed was the father of a guy named Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David, King David. Years later, from that line of David, 
comes the one we call Jesus. Say Jesus. They're Capital still letters. They're still typing all in, Alan. No, no. They, if they're not done by now, they're come yeah. on, all in. Come on. So this woman who showed compassion and kindness and commitment and unconditional love for Naomi was the great, 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 a lot of greats in there, great, great grandmother of none other than the Savior of the world. Imagine that. What a story. What a great story. Wow. Jesus is the ultimate when it comes to love and commitment. The ultimate. He loves us enough so much. And that's you. If you're feeling like you're not loved, you got to know Jesus loved you enough to go all the way to the cross to prove to you how his love goes to the ends of the earth, even sacrificing his own life. He allowed himself to be arrested and tried and beaten, whipped and stripped and hung on a cross so that we might spend life with the Lord forever. Mm. Ever. I am so thankful that Jesus was committed to go the distance for me, for my salvation, for your salvation, to love us that much. Do you know that? Do you know that he really does love you that much? As I look across the room and as I think about those of you on the other side of the ca camera, I know life is so hard. Many of you are going through some really tough things, really hard. But I am here to say, we are here to say that love requires commitment and Jesus went all the way for you so that you would not be alone. As alone as you feel, you are not alone. All you need to do is lift your heart and say, Lord, be with me. He is already there. But just lift your countenance, lift your face to him and experience the love that has no bounds. For nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Neither height nor depth. Nothing. Nothing can separate us. And that is the committed love that Jesus has for you. So happy Valentine's Day here in the sanctuary there, wherever you are out in Cyberland. Happy Valentine's Day. As we celebrate this day of love, let's never forget that the love that lasts, the love that keeps us together for years and years and years is the love that Jesus had for us when he went to the cross that we call it agape, that's a Greek word, agape, unconditional love. That's the love that'll hold a marriage together for a lifetime. It's also the love we need in all our relationships with our kids, parents, siblings, friends, you name it. It's a love that requires commitment. A love that says, I'm here for the long haul. A love that says, I have no exit strategy. I'm not turning back. 
That's the good news. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for the agape love. You are our only guarantee. And we thank you. As life changes, as life has its twists and its turns, as we feel like we're being thrown from here to there, and even some days like we're drowning, Lord, your love is so deep and so wide. And we thank you. Help us trust you. Help us have trust without borders. Help us believe in our very core that your love is the most committed thing that we will ever experience and that you love us to the ends of the earth. We thank you for life here on earth and in heaven. We thank you that our eternity with you can start right now. And we pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.